You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. Patriotism or deniable state hacking, IoT devices exploited as proxies, exploit kits continue to serve up ransomware against poorly managed systems. Market volatility puts cyber stocks on a roller coaster. The U.S. continues to work out its proportional response to Russian election hacking. Russia says it's willing to ride out all that domestic American messiness in the hope of better relations. And criminal cartels use in-game currencies for money laundering. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, October 13th, 2016. Patriotic hacktivism, possibly state-directed, flares again in the long-running antipathy between India and Pakistan. The difficulty of determining which crews, if any, are working under state control again points out the notorious difficulties of attribution. Compromised IoT devices have other roles to play in the criminal underground aside from being stampeded into distributed denial-of-service attacks. Krebs on Security reports that a researcher, who wishes to remain anonymous, has observed criminals exploiting IoT-looking honeypots as proxies to hide their, that is, the criminal's, actual location. Concerns about the ease with which Internet-connected security cameras can be exploited also arouse continuing concerns about the threat of such networked cameras being used to spy on their owners, users, and passers-by. Criminals continue to use exploit kits to serve up various forms of malware, with ransomware continuing to lead in market share. Cerber, in particular, is being widely distributed. As many observers have noted this week, this is another object lesson in the importance of patching and other forms of good digital hygiene. The exploit kits enjoying success are exploiting little-known vulnerabilities that people have simply left open. Symantec warns that Lockheed ransomware is being distributed in malicious Windows script file attachments, WSFs. More people are wary of EXE files than they are of WSFs, but the WSFs can be just as dangerous. In industry news, cybersecurity stocks show unpleasant volatility as traders react to Fortinet's downbeat guidance on security spending trends. Investors looking beyond short-term declines are seeing long-term opportunities, particularly in Cisco. Barracuda Networks has so far bucked this week's downward trend with share price gains, 
Analysts attribute the company's performance to a healthy growth in subscriptions. Long-running speculation about Imperva being an acquisition target now center on Silver Lake and Tama Bravo, rumored to be looking seriously at a takeover bid. In addition to the embarrassing emails WikiLeaks published last week, we can add another online problem for U.S. presidential candidate Clinton's campaign manager, Podesta. His Twitter account was hijacked yesterday to tweet, I've switched teams, vote Trump. WikiLeaks says there are more docs to come. U.S. federal officials at the Department of Justice, Defense, and Homeland Security continue to evolve plans for protecting state and local election infrastructure. The U.S. continues to mull its response to Russian election hacking. That response, when it comes, whatever it may prove to be, and if it's not in fact underway right now, is promised to be proportional, a concept whose home is just war theory. Most observers think it likely to feature sanctions. Others wonder what's become of the U.S. naming and shaming strategy, and then answer their own question. Naming and shaming works against an adversary who's concerned about being shamed. The Russian embassy to the U.S., Crocodile tweets its own take on the state of Russo-American relations, which they say they see as unreasonably damaged due to disorderly and discreditable U.S. domestic politics. As the embassy puts it, in just 129 characters, minus the hashtagging, quote, bilateral relations became collateral damage in domestic debate in U.S. We are open to restarting dialogue and restoring normalcy, end quote. So there you have it. UK Foreign Minister Boris Johnson, while acknowledging the less than fully successful state of Russian relations with the UK and her allies, tells Parliament that it would be going too far to characterize those relations as a new Cold War. Security experts tell us to never reuse passwords, to never use personal information or easy-to-guess words in our passwords, and yet many of us still do. Amber Steele is from LastPass, a password manager company, and she joins us to share the results of a recent password survey they conducted. We know that breaches have been dominating the headlines. We, it feels like every couple weeks we learn that millions more passwords have been breached. But we wanted to really dig into whether people were doing anything about it. Uh, You know, we experts and LastPass have continued to warn against password reuse and encourage the use of strong passwords um, and and good password security, but we just don't really seem to see people following that. And so we really wanted to dig deeper into why. What were the reasons behind it? Why are they creating simple, weak passwords? So for the survey, we surveyed 2,000 adults around the world. We looked at their password habits. We asked them about their beliefs around online security. We asked them about their understanding of what secure password behavior looks like. And then when we collected those results, really what we saw was just a password paradox. At a high level, the results showed that people do understand the risks, both with weak passwords and with reusing passwords, but a large majority 60% 60% continue to practice those behaviors anyway. And why, why do we think that is? What's the disconnect? Well, when we really dug into the survey results, what it really showed was that, like other areas of our lives, there's a cognitive dissonance when it comes to passwords. So, you know, for example, you know that sugar is bad for you, uh, but you want to reach for that second piece of pie. Mm-hmm. We kind of do the same thing with our passwords. We know that reusing them is bad. We know that using short 
words that are based on dictionary words or words that are personal to us. We know all of that is bad, but we do it anyway because it's easy and because we're not being forced into better behavior. People know that they're not doing it right or they might go out of their way to do it right in a couple situations. So for example, we saw that people are very concerned about protecting their online financial accounts, which makes sense. You wanna protect your money, you wanna protect your assets, but the behavior falls off from there. So when it comes to protecting other areas of our online lives, uh, it becomes less important and easier to fall back into bad habits. Some of the statistics here, you were talking about people using the same passwords, which of course we know, but then also similar passwords. And I, it strikes me that I think a lot of people think that if they're doing minor variations of a, of, a, of a sort of a core common password between the different sites that they use, that maybe that'll protect them. But um, that's not necessarily the case. In general, we discourage from using similar passwords across sites because it just makes it that much easier for the password to be cracked. Um, you know, if you're significantly changing the password across websites, then yes, in theory, your your risk goes down. But you know what we always say here at LastPass is the best password is actually the one that you can't remember. Because if you struggle to remember it, that probably means that it contains a mixture of character types. So letters, numbers, symbols. It's in a pattern that's random enough that no one else would really be able to guess it. That's the level of password security that you should be aiming for on every single website. That's Amber Steele from LastPass. You can check out the survey on their website. Widely used consumer IT products continue to arouse security worries among high-value targets in Five Eyes governments. Australia's leadership has sworn off WhatsApp as a security risk. And in the UK, security fears have led Her Majesty's government to exclude iWatches from cabinet meetings. Industry observers acknowledge that worrying about being spied on by your iWatch may seem paranoid, but on the other hand, it's not exactly a crazy fear. Q would certainly understand. Right, Q? Q? And finally, you probably thought those in-game currencies were only good for spawning dragons, or buying sombreros for Skylanders, or upgrading your Far Cry crossbow. For the win, right? Not so, gamers. It turns out they're being exploited in the real world for less than savory purposes. Trend Micro reports finding a brisk trade in which criminals, actually criminal cartels, farm and trade in-game currency, selling it to lazy players in exchange for real cash. So gamers, play fair. Buying coins may not be illegal, but it just doesn't seem right. And you may be helping fund some pretty nasty stuff. No sombrero is worth it, however good you think it might look on Stealth Elf or Ninjini. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps. 
keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. I want to welcome our latest academic and research partner to the show. Ranya Hallam is the project leader at the Malware Lab of the Cybersecurity Research Center at Ben-Gurion University. Ron, welcome to the show. By way of introduction, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the type of research that you do? I'm a PhD uh, student at Ben-Gurion University. And uh, what we do here, we have different research uh, involving different types of uh, protocols and malware that operates on different types of protocols, communication protocols, USB protocols, and and other uh, such protocols. And uh, my uh, specific area of uh, research is uh, detecting uh, anomalies in those protocols, Uh, more specifically detecting attacks that represent anomalies in those protocols. And and that's how I got into uh, USB uh, research. Um, During the last uh, year, I've been researching all types of uh, different USB-based attacks. And uh, my uh, goal is to uh, implement uh, general uh, anomaly detection method in order to uh, be able to detect and hopefully maybe prevent USB attacks uh, before they happen. And what is it about USB that makes it such a prime target for attackers? Well, I think the, the most important thing is that users tend to trust USB devices to do exactly what they think that that device is supposed to do. This trust, it uh, just it opens a wide range of uh, attack platforms because the, the standard doesn't prevent uh, USB devices to change persona. Or, uh, in other words, they can uh, enumerate once they're plugged in. They can initially enumerate as uh, a keyboard and then re-enumerate. And that's exact. That's completely compliant to the protocol as uh, as a different device. So, um, or they can just you know, it, there's no uh, restriction as to what the firmware of a device can do. And I think that's the the main problem with the uh, USB device. That's what opens so many avenues of attack. Well, Ranya Hallam, welcome to the CyberWire. We look forward to hearing more about your research. And that's the CyberWire. It's Fleet Week here in Baltimore, and let me tell you, it is not easy to record a podcast while the Blue Angels are rehearsing right outside your office. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security 
by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey, listeners. We're always looking for ways to improve the N2K Cyberwire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey and share your feedback now. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.